<laughs> welcome back to Jackson Transplants, the welcome committee for transplants. Jacksonians welcome, but not necessary. I don't say that often enough. But um, anyway, so yeah, we have a special guest today. As you guys know, I often talk to transplants, not just in Jackson, but transplants who are from other areas, but who are from Jackson. So I'm going to go ahead. We're going to go ahead and roll into this. I'm going to ask you your name where you're from, but where are you located right now? Yeah, Let's yeah. Talk about that a little bit. Awesome, man. I'm so pumped. Um, so my name is Mike Summers, also a DJ White Mike, um, either one of them. Um, I live, I'm from Clinton, Mississippi, so I grew up here, um, yeah, pretty much birth through 18, graduated high school. Um, now I live in New York. Mm -hmm. Hopped around a little bit in between. Um, so I left here, went to Atlanta for a while, went to Morehouse College. Um, I was still DJing for uh then at that time and um did a lot of different stuff at, at that point there was uh if anybody remembers there was a song here called swag with jew man and i was jew man's dj and, and lil wayne picked us up and we'll tour with lil wayne for a while oh, okay. um had, had a good time doing all that kind of good stuff then moved down to i would say quasi orlando in miami i was kind of back and forth between those two for a, for a while moved back up to atlanta for business school at emory um and by this time i was kind of Left the DJing stuff full time and started doing a professional track um, in marketing. Uh, went to Emory, studied international business there, and, and lived in a few different countries, the longest being in Brazil for about six months mm -hmm. in Rio, um, and then came uh, to New York. Uh, so I've been in New York, working at Johnson & Johnson, doing marketing there um, for the last six years. Uh, I lead a, a startup accelerator, global startup accelerator for Johnson & Johnson now. Okay. Um, I still DJ again um, on the side. I have two podcasts. Someone to be offended in marketing misfits up in New York, um, and uh, a, a tech startup um, focused on on fitness called oh. TrainersVault.com for you guys. So it's all fitness influencers who are developing content series, and we kind of push those out that I I co-developed with another friend who's actually from Jackson as well. Okay, like. So what's the span of years if you've done all of this stuff? <laughs> <So> <laughs> because I, you've mentioned a lot of places you've lived and a lot of things you've done. Like, how long have you been gone? And now, like, how long have you been, like, relocating to all these different places and doing all these different things? Yeah, so I'm 32 now. So I guess last 14 years, minus 18. Okay. Um, so, so, yeah, hopped around a little bit. Uh, I get I find ways to to fill up my free time and, okay. and then get mad I did it at the end. Okay. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah. Even today I'm I'm at home chilling and I'm I'm doing a podcast with you because I'm because yeah. I'm a creep and I slid in you guys' DMs. <laughs> yeah, we talked what like probably a few months ago. So like, how often are you coming down here? I'm probably here about two or three times a year. Yeah. Um. So all my family is still here. Mm -hmm. I. I have not lived in Jackson in a long time, but like I still love, love Jackson. Like I That's am. Good. Yes, I have, a, I have a huge passion for this place. That like this is always uh, and will be always home. Um, so I, I always make time to come home. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. So, with your experience ba basically abroad, mm -hmm. are you like still, do you feel like you're still plugged into what's happening in Jackson? Yeah, I. I do and don't. Uh, I'll say that. Um, so there are certain core aspects of Jackson that I think will probably never change because it's part of the DNA of what Jackson is. So, mm -hmm. um, and and part of that DNA is we can't hold on things for too long. So the new club is always going to be a new club every yeah. two or three years. Yeah. <laughs> you never have something that's lasting too long except for free lines, which is an anomaly. Um, there's always a, a, a new shop. I think that there has been a larger insurgence of this kind of hipster type culture in in, yeah. in um in jackson that i find fascinating and i never feel like fully plugged into it so every time i'm here i'm trying to figure out like 
I see it on Instagram when I'm gone. I'm like, where is it? <laughs> <laughs> like, where's the little freestyle battle or whatever happened? <laughs> I feel like I could never find it. Um, but but I think there's a lot of cool stuff popping up that I'm not necessarily as in tune with. But I also feel like when I come home, it always feels immediately like home and and, yeah. and, and everything feels feels roughly the same, but yeah. with different things going on. Yeah. So we talked, and I, you know, I sent the questions to you in advance, mm-hmm. but we talked a lot about. Um, so there's a lot of creativity and entrepreneurship. I feel like there's like a cycle of this conversation where people feel like, you know, things are happening for Jackson. So you like you're from here, but you've also been abroad. Do you see anything that you've learned maybe in New York that could yeah. possibly work here in Jackson? I think. Um, Is there any similarities at all? <laughs> no, there, there aren't many. <laughs> in fact, when I when I. Uh, for the most part, when I meet people, I'm like the first person from Mississippi that they've ever met. Yeah. Uh, and that comes up a lot. So they, they, don't, they don't even know what to expect. I will say there are, uh, maybe maybe I'll backtrack a little bit. Because a- in New York, I do think you can reinvent your life every month if you want to. There's a lot of different pockets of New York. Like yeah. New York doesn't represent one thing. It's very diverse. Um, there are aspects of Harlem um, that I think are very similar to Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want like soul food and you, you want kind of... Um, even like a black community, like Harlem has that piece. I, I even think if you guys go to New York, there's a um, there's a restaurant called Boulevard BLVD mm-hmm. where the the chef's family is from Mississippi. So okay. he grew so all of his family taught but him. But is the food good? The food because I think it's people the, always say that. It is the best soul food in New York. In New York. Okay. Now, now I do, <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, in New York. Okay. Now I do, and it is it is really, really good soul food. Yeah. I do tell people when they're like traveling from the south, they're like, Oh, okay, well I want to go to Harlem and have such and such soul food. I'm like, just eat it at home. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yes, like, yes. So I made the big mistake. Uh, we went to Oakland, uh-huh. and we went there for soul food, and I was like, this doesn't seem no, right. No, <laughs> no, it, it doesn't. Right. I would not, if you're from Mississippi or if you're from anywhere in the South, and you go to New York, do not eat. The soul food, even if you find some good soul food, yeah. you still have as good or better at home. So yeah. it's just kind of a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're living in New York, yeah. and if you're there for a while, and you're looking for, for some good soul food, Boulevard, I think, is the best uh, soul food in the okay. city. Okay. By far. By far. <laughs> so, yeah. So, what do, what kind of advice do you have? Because you said, oh, yeah. just, like, startups and stuff like this. So, what kind of advice do you have? Because I feel like I'm semi-part of, like, the ecosystem here. Yeah. And I'm still trying to figure things out for myself. Um, but, yeah. Like, what advice do you have, for, like, for the creatives and entrepreneurs? We went to uh, an event a couple of weeks ago, it was called the Stay of the Creative. And they were just talking about, like, monetizing was an issue, like, support was an issue. But, um, you, know, you know, we have population against us. That's yeah. one thing here. Um, even when you think about college students for disposable income, that's only during refund check season. Yep. And then, like, things are going to be inconsistent in general because you are, like, an entrepreneur. You know, like, just, just, just it's, it's not a community, like, with like just unlimited cash here. So I mean, like how would you address someone like that, like a creative who's trying to make money and who wants to stay in Jackson? Yeah, I am fascinated by cities who are almost able to create themselves. Um, and I think if you look over the past few years, Austin is one of those cities. Yeah. Portland is one of those cities. Um, we don't realize that Miami is really one of those cities. Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessarily like a, a real city some time ago. So it like, Cities that are able to just kind of pop up and create themselves, even um, Atlanta to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, and I think all of those cities like found, they found one. So there's a couple of things. One thing they found lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Atlanta's lane was they wanted to be 
the hub to the East Coast. Mm-hmm. So they create the world's largest airport. Right. And everybody who's coming in, you're, you're coming through Atlanta first. Right. Um, you take Austin, they really leaned in on touch to this tech piece. Yeah. Yeah. We struggle with like having pride in yeah. fashion sometimes. Um, and there's so much great stuff. And when we don't have pride, we let other people write the narrative for us. And yeah. let us people write the narrative for us. And all they, all they do know is, or all I think is, everybody's walking around with no shoes on and, yeah. and I'm going to get lynched. <laughs> I, you know what? And I've said that so many times that like I still, after being here so long, I don't really know what Jackson is. Like, yeah. And that's probably why I'm still so connected to like my New Orleans roots. It's like we have to define ourselves and we have to do it for ourselves first because like you said, everyone else is going to define it. Another thing I, I noticed is that my husband and I took a trip to Memphis probably a few months ago. And they did a very good job capitalizing on Mississippi and Mississippi music. Yep. And I thought that was weird that we, and I'm learning more and more about the music, not just statewide, but even in Jackson, our impact, and that we really don't do a good job at all capitalizing on it. You may have some markers. You can do maybe a tour, a blues tour, but like largely that stuff is ignored. So I think that's the first thing. And I think it's something we have to all agree on. I think we have themes every few years, depending on, who's in the office, who's the director of an agency, but that's largely one thing I think we do have to figure out for ourselves. There's so, so much here. and when we, So I believe in, in cities that have souls. Yeah. Um, and I think in order to have a soul, you have to go through some type of adversity to get it. And I think um, we talk about like the U.S., like New Orleans has a soul. I think Jackson has a soul. I think internationally Rio um, had, had a strong soul. Um, I'm getting married in Cape Town next uh, month. And yeah. Cape Town has... It, has an amazing, amazing soul. Like, it right. feels like, for someone to be somewhere on the other side of the world, it feels a lot like home. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it, it feels so immediate. I lived in Orlando, and no, not, not much soul there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not much going on. But we have, like, such an amazing soul, and that soul feeds into our food, that yeah. feeds into the music. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just so much. That, that soul feeds into, like, why you can have a whole night playing space. Yeah. Like, you can't. Honestly, like even in New York, it's hard to have a whole night playing space because it's not the it's not the same kind of community yeah. it, uh, uh, built around that. So, like, I think there's an aspect that we have to kind of really capitalize on in terms of like that the blues side or uh, where it be the food side or where it just be like the, the people here and even like the the history that we have. Even the we have some dark spots in our history, but like that's provided a lot of good things that have kind of come yeah. out of that as well. Um, and I think it's, it's okay to embrace that because that history is the center of America's history. When we yeah. look at the news and, and everything that we talk about racially started here. Yeah. So, like, there is no, there is, to me, and when I, when I talk about people, um, talk about other cities and, and in the South, and, and I'm talking to people from cities, like, I, I know I'm, I have the most Southern state behind me. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like it's when I grew up, I didn't consider South Carolina the South. Yeah. Like, if it was above Tennessee, then it wasn't the South. Yeah. Um, when I talk to people from D.C., I'm like, oh, not really South <laughs> to me. <laughs> like, and I, and I, I had that. So when we talk about what people are trying to capitalize on the South or people are trying to even talk about kind of these, like, racial aspects of America today, like, we own that conversation. Yeah. Like, that came from yeah. here. And yeah. we should really, really embrace that. Um, and then I think from a, I guess, a more macro perspective, and, that, and that's kind of talking to what I think us as individuals should be doing. But from a more macro perspective, 
I think they really have to recruit some type of corporation to be here. Yeah. Because the reason I'm not here is because it just doesn't make sense for my life. Like there's yeah. no, there's not a, there's not a, a, I'm in marketing. I'm at a big corporation. I can't do that here. Um, and that also brings in certain types of talent, brings in certain types of people who, yeah. who bring types types of income. This is and a develop. conversation that that's that we're constantly having is just like retaining people here because we have so many colleges and universities technically this is a college sound but there's an op like operate one like one but it is and it's like people just get their degrees and like get out yep. of here because yep. they want well-paying jobs first of all yeah and they want a job which is in general you know yeah. so i know that's part of the issue so do you feel like you're more comfortable in maybe representing mississippi now that you're not in mississippi because it sounds like even when we have the conversation of kind of taking having more pride of being from Mississippi seems like people sometimes the people who relocate tend to have yeah. more pride than people who are still here. Yeah. Maybe. I have a privilege. Like yeah. I have a privilege of being able to come here for a week, taking everything I love about Mississippi yeah. and, then, and then knowing I still have a job in New York or I have another yeah. party in New York. I'm going to next week and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. So when, when you're here 24 seven, you have to take the good and the bad and yeah. you can get frustrated and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I do think there's an aspect of it there, but but I feel like if you bring some, like, I, when I was growing up, we had Worldcom. Mm -hmm. And, like, I think I, I was super young at that time. But even as a young person, I was probably, like, 12, 13, 14. Like, I realized what it was doing for the city. Right. And we just haven't been able to kind of replace that, that yeah. hole. Like, if I was mayor or whoever else, that would be my number one priority. And yeah. I would give up whatever I had to give up in order to get to get that type of yeah, job. Yeah, that's there. I guess, like, that's the challenge. Because, of course there's incentives that you want to give out, but it's like, I don't know if people benefit if they just like give everything, mm -hmm. but a lot of people often talk about like the workforce not being here. And I find that hard to believe with so many people move who are here. college educated here. I don't understand why the workforce is an issue. I think they have that. Yeah. But I just, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I went through business school and I went to, um, I ended up at J and J, but what, going through business school and, for the most part, like people are getting recruited for high-paying six-figure jobs. Yeah, they move wherever the hell they got to move. Yeah, like, the number of people who are moving to Cincinnati to go work at PNG or whatever other Midwestern flat place, uh, Heinz. Um, I forgot where Heinz is, but somewhere in, it was somewhere in the Midwest. Relocated to Chicago now. Um, but there's a lot of different places people will move for those yeah. jobs. Like nobody's chomping at the bit to move to Cincinnati, but they're yeah. they're chomping at the bit to move to P and G. Yeah. So so how can you kind of de develop that aspect of it? Right, right. So I think the if the workforce isn't here, which I think you can argue the workforce is already here, mm -hmm. if it's not here, they'll come. Yeah, yeah. They'll come. Okay. Well we'll take a little break right here. Jackson, Mississippi's only alternative culture shop, Offbeat, is your one-stop shop for comics, records, and designer toys. Located in the heart of Midtown and Black-owned and geek-operated, this store is home to the best alternative artists. Visit Offbeat today at offbeatjackson.com for more info. The Mississippi Party Bus is a party bus rental company that provides a safe and fun VIP-style excursion rental service for the metro area as well as the state of Mississippi at affordable prices. The Mississippi Party Bus can be used for any occasion desired, such as birthdays, bachelor-bachelorette parties, weddings, graduation, and prom. Customers can party safely while getting transported to different locations. Check them out on social media and book your next event now. And remember, the motto of the Mississippi Party Bus is, we drive, you ride, and you party. So you do a lot. 
Yep. Do we want to go down the list <laughs> <laughs> and give specifics of everything you do? Like you told me you do marketing, but then you also do DJ, and then you have two podcasts. So do yeah. you kind of want to explain what your life is like and everything you're sure, into? Sure, sure. My fiance loves it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> she says, if you bring one more passion project in this house. Uh, <laughs> but um, sure, where do you want to start? Wherever. Where you start? Yeah. Uh, so we'll start with um, music. Um, okay. So I started DJing. I have a love, I have a, a huge passion for music. So I would say, no matter what I do, music is intertwined in some way. I don't okay. care if I'm responding to emails and it's, music is blasting through my, my headphones. Yeah. Um, I started, I knew I loved music growing up. I, I played with a lot of different instruments and um, played a whole bunch of different instruments for a few years. Okay, what do you play? I always tell people, I've mentioned yeah. it several times throughout this podcast, my dad's a musician, a music oh, producer, really? and I and my brother are failures because we don't do either of those yes. things. So. <laughs> so I was, so, and I'm, I'm going to be terrible at all of them now, but okay. I played cello for a few years, I played um, saxophone for a few years, I played guitar for a few years, wow. uh, even like harmonica for, <laughs> for a little <laughs> bit, um, until I like, I, I found turntables and okay. fell in love with, with uh, DJing. So I started when I was about, I think, 15. Okay. Um, I eventually got onto the radio station on Hot 97 here. Okay. Um, so I got onto Hot 97. I started DJing a lot of uh, high school clubs. So if people were here um, who, who made this podcast came up there in time. So it was like the Carter was a, a big thing. Yeah, 105. Um, you had to be 18 for 105, but, the, but if you, you started the card and you graduated into 105. Yes, yeah, the Black Orchid. Yep, yep, because it was the same owners who, who had Black Orchid. The Black Orchid was, um, uh, I forgot the name, but it, it was that, it turned to. Tiffany. Was Tiffany? No, no, it wasn't Tiffany's. It was the, it was a That's strip what I'm about club. To say. That sounds like a strip club. So it turned into a strip <laughs> club, but it was but, but different owner, same building. Mm -hmm. Tiffany's was the white strip club across the street, and this was. Is Danny's? Yeah. Okay, well, it's, 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 it seems seems like Melvin knows what he's talking about here. <laughs> <laughs> seems like we have a okay. <laughs> seems like we have an expert in the room. Uh, <laughs> which that whole scene is like blown up in in, in Jackson. A number of strip clubs that are in Jackson yeah, are, are. I'm not sure if they're like. I, I don't know how the number of people to the ratio works out. <laughs> <laughs> Offline, <laughs> offline, offline. And I come from a, a, basically now, my second home, I consider Atlanta, which the strip club culture is just yeah. a, it's just part of the culture. Um, so yeah, so DJ that Jazzy's was around at the time, um, did that, went to, so I wanted to go to under, undergrad at, a, I knew I wanted to HBCU. Mm -hmm. um, secondarily, I loved Morehouse, and then I also wanted to be in Atlanta because of the music piece. Um, so I went to, I went to Morehouse. Um, DJ there, and I, I would say pretty much the main kind of college DJ um, in Atlanta for, for those few years. So, like, more else, Bell McClark, homecoming contracts for, for a few years in a row. Um, did a couple mixtapes, uh, had nationally distributed mixtapes, uh, worked a lot with, like, uh, Killer Mike, and, uh, like I said, toured with Lil Wayne, and I was a CT DJ with Young Jeezy and, and a lot of stuff there. Um, so that was, that was a really, really exciting time, and I'll say I was – for a kid, I was making a little bit too much money at that time. And yeah, I, <laughs> I was gonna ask you, like, how do you transition from doing that to like going to marketing? Yeah, I feel like I wouldn't have wanted to go into marketing. So the goal was to um, bring that when I when I was growing up, and you asked me who I wanted to be when I grew up, I wanted to be Diddy. 
Like okay. I want to be like. I still want to be him. Yeah, I know. Guess do. what? I talk. I talk about this often on like my Facebook and Twitter. People think I'm crazy. I really want Master P to mentor me. Yes. I swear I want him to be my mentor. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the, the key is getting Master P's wife to mentor you, because that's that's who really pulled the strings for him. Are they still? I don't know if they're divorced. still together. Yeah, they probably are yeah. still. They're probably divorced. But but you you know the whole story with him is that he had I forgot what whatever amount of money fifty thousand dollars whatever yeah. he wanted to open up. Um, I think it was a car wash, and she forced him to open up a record store, and that started his whole career. Oh, then history. Yeah, <laughs> the rest, the rest <laughs> is history. So it's all, it's always, it's just like you don't need Barack Obama, you need Michelle Obama. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's that's always the key See, to success. I've never known that. So yeah. yeah, yep. Um, so I wanted to. And DJing was a stepping stone to being a Diddy or whatever else. Okay. I, I didn't never wanted to be a DJ my entire life. I wanted to have this kind of business mindset within the entertainment industry. So I was like, let me go to like these big corporations and learn how to do business and bring it back over. Um, and, I, and that was the plan at the time. So I went to, out of undergrad, I went to AT&T. Um, that's where I worked in um, Orlando and Miami for a while. Mm -hmm. Then I came back to business school and, and been at J&J been at since. I think as I've... There's when you start, and I think kind of any anything that's not home for you, and I would say like the different industry in this this piece. There's a piece of kind of like playing the game, right? So yeah. I spent years like playing the corporate game. Like, how do I need to present? How do I need to talk? How do I need to think? Right. Like, let me p absorb all the skills that are yeah. around here. When I got to a certain point, I'll say maybe the last few years, honestly, within my career, I have gotten to the point where okay, I've learned for the most part what you guys are teaching. There's always something else I can learn, but like right. I. I'm as good or better than, than anybody else here. Um, my differentiation is what I really have to pull out. Mm -hmm. And that is that kind of culture aspect of me. Yeah. Um, and it's less about just the music, it's like the full culture. Mm -hmm. And I've had to, one, kind of mature that piece of myself outside of work. So that's why I still DJ and that's why I still podcast. And I, I bring those passions to life right there. Right. Um, but I have to bring it to the corporate settings that I'm in. So I know when I'm in... Um, oh, how do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's scary. I'll say yeah. I did it for probably, it took me about a year and a half of like doing it and not sure if I'm doing the right thing yeah. before I started realizing like people were admiring it. Mm -hmm. um, but it. But it took courage to talk how I wanted to talk, dress how I wanted to dress, and not only be my full self at work, but bring my full self to my work, which are, I think are two different yeah. things. Um, and I realized like it's the mentality of I don't need you guys, you need me. Yeah. Um, like outside of being, you know, we won't go through the numbers, but a, a part of a very, very small, diverse population. Right. Because I, I, I'm also like the only one who is consuming the type of media I'm consuming, around the type of people I'm around. Yeah. Like, in, in tune with the certain things that I'm in tune with. Because I, and part of that is even me living in New York and, and my, my Johnson Johnson office is in, in rural New Jersey near, near Princeton. So it's a little bit more suburban. Um, but I had to really double down and lean in on. Oh, I look up and down these hallways. There's literally no one like me. Yeah. And you guys need me if you want to be a good marker, if you want to be a, a good representation. Yeah, I am just getting to that spot. Yeah. But, like, as in, like, just now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like right now on this podcast. Like, like right now, like, <laughs> 2019, fall 2019. Yeah. Like, I am just becoming, like, getting to that spot. But, yeah. You got to smell spent, yourself. I spent years being fake. Yeah. FYI. Hey, guys, I've been fake. Um, if you know me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And it's yeah. so much, I, I'm big on, like, protecting your energy. We, yeah. we kind of talked about that uh, during yeah. the break. And 
to me, that's so much energy to put into being somebody else. Oh, yeah. It's draining. And that's really why I, I feel like that contributes to burnout as well. Yeah. When you think about burnout, but yeah. But yeah. but then if you're surrounded by other people who don't have to put in energy into being somebody else, like they're literally putting one hundred percent of their energy into their work or to whatever yeah. else. And like you can't you can't compete in the same way because like I'm I'm having to literally I, I can remember my first job at ATT and I had been DJing and I, I, I my whole life was entertainment and culture. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to work and I, I literally couldn't have a conversation because I couldn't think of like the words I wanted to use. Yeah. So it was simple things like and, and not promoting uh, <laughs> saying this but like I couldn't have conversations without saying it work. Yeah. Because like literally that's what I've been surrounded by 24-7 yeah. saying say, saying it. So I would like have emotions. I'm like, I, I want to say something. I don't know. It's literally like I, I speak Spanish and you speak English and I'm trying yeah. to translate it in my head. Yeah. Um, so it took, a t- it took a, some time to adjust to that. Yeah. And then once I figured out how to do to adjust to that, then I could absorb everything that those environments had to offer me. Yeah. And now I feel like I've absorbed that. I can now bring my full self. Yeah. Well, you know what? I've told people that I felt like I had to not only be another person for myself to protect myself and protect my own employment, that but I have to also consider that I'm doing it for other black women, or I'm doing yeah. it for other people from Jackson State. So it's like I didn't carry the burden just for myself, but I carried the burden for all these other people as well. So that, like, prohibited things from, you know. Yeah. But then I got tired. You do. <laughs> and I think I had gotten – I'm biracial. I'm half black, half white, and grew up here in Jackson, and, and uh, we've gotten a little bit better. But when I grew up, biracial people didn't exist. Yeah. Um, I was 16 before I met another biracial person. Yeah. I will say coming from New Orleans and Louisiana just yeah. in general, like seeing like biracial people and mixed people in general is a lot more normal than here. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if yeah. you break down the population, I haven't seen the recent numbers, but I think Jackson is 98.7% either black or white and everything else, including two or more races, um, which is myself, fits into that other 1.3%. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it so, and I say that to say, like, growing up, when I didn't have, like, a definition of, like, what I'm supposed to look like or what I'm supposed to, to act like, et cetera, right. so I had to figure that piece out. And I think what, what helped me figure it out was honestly, like, creating somebody. So DJ White Mike was was a created, almost defense mechanism in, in some ways. Yeah. Like, it had the White Mike aspect that, that almost made fun of myself before you can make fun of me. Um, and then, like, I personified it with this DJ aspect and kind of grew behind there. So I... I think when I went into corporate America, I was like, okay, well, now I need to create Mike Summers. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, and, yeah. And who that needs to be. So that was a piece of who I was. But um, but yeah, so now I think everything that I try to represent um, and everything I do is kind of the blend between this professional aspect uh, mm-hmm. of, of Mike Summers and marketing that I have a huge passion for as mm-hmm. well as the culture piece. And um, that leads to the podcast, which both podcasts um, sort of, two podcasts, and I say they both come from this intersection of kind of young, educated black people. Mm-hmm. Um, and one is culture-oriented, and the culture-oriented one is just kind of us talking about what's going on in the news or just random topics. It's called Someone Be Offended. So we talk very off the cuff and, and very, very wild and stuff, you know, <laughs> most people would want to have on the record. What, I, what I've found there is, so one thing, before I even get to that piece, um, I think it, it, the unique lane of it is most people who come up in kind of talking about culture, coming up through the entertainment industry, and um, have either been trained within media or they've been artists, et cetera. So 
they're not necessarily these guys like us who are going and doing a normal nine to five professional right. job or consulting or whatever. And then like still just talking and shooting the shit. Um, I think from the offensive standpoint, what I've realized is today we've gotten to a place where everybody's very sensitive about, mm-hmm. about, about every topic. And what it's done is I think it's prevented some of the conversation from moving forward. Yeah. And most people, when they listen to it, they don't listen to what Mike said and take away what Mike said. They take away the conversation. Yeah. So if I have, if I have an opinion and have time, like my opinion, it's not really like a real opinion. It's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. like we're, we're, yeah. we're joking and we're kind of pushing the conversation forward. And so much like the, the Dave Chappelle stand up that, yeah. that, that he just had, I think, uh, Cost a lot of controversy. Yeah. But it, it, it pushes the conversation yeah. forward. And none of it's malicious. It just pushes yeah. the conversation forward. I mean, I feel like I've even had issues like being completely honest or complete myself because mm-hmm. I have even offended people here just just with me saying Jacksonians, you know, invited but not necessary. But it's true. Yeah. The reason yeah. why it's true is because it's for transplants. It's like you can be here, but we don't necessarily need you here. It's about the transplant experience. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so sometimes, and I also, I've told Melvin this before, I feel like women have to tread a little bit more lightly than men. Like people expect men to be honest. Aggressive. To they, yeah. yeah. But like for us women, it's like, oh, you should be a certain way, especially if you add, like I said, if I add like my education and my work experience, I'm definitely supposed to be a certain way so you know it's like and that's real and that's i think like you as being the woman in this room right now that's your reality and your truth Mm -hmm. and sometimes it can be very difficult for um like we'll take like corporate america for instance if people don't necessarily are in situations where they have to go back and forth between different social situations they don't have to experience anybody else's truth right um and in in jackson i think we uh what we, we have such good soul and such good uh, community because we've separated ourselves from people who don't like us. <laughs> so, so, like, we just we just click up, and, like, the people we click up with, we love. Mm-hmm. But, therefore, we don't have to go back and forth as much, and you mm-hmm. may not experience other people's truths as much. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then the marketing podcast is similar, too. So, it's myself, J and J, another friend, all black or Hispanic, or, or and Hispanic, because uh, she's Dominican. Um, uh, person at Google, person at Louis Vuitton, Louis Hennessy, a person at Twitter, um, talking about kind of the, the work stuff we talk about at work, yeah. uh, but in a very diverse and cultural lens. Like Let me ask y'all, how do y'all have these conversations and have a job? You're not like afraid that your employer will find out? Yeah, we were at first. Um, and then we just eventually got to the point of like, you need me, fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> let me tell you something. I was in the Jackson Free Press, which I'm, I'm of course glad to be um, like featured in it. It was larger than I thought it would be. I thought it would be like a little picture and a little write-up. But no, it's like a whole page. And then, of course, someone who was like, well plugged into the news, like he said, you know, we have a celebrity like in our area, and he sent it to everybody in our department. Uh, I was like... Exactly. Luckily, I had never talked about them while I was employed there. I'm not employed anymore. Yeah. Maybe I... (laughs) But, you know, for like, for the most part, I was like, I... Even that was something that's like... On that yeah. pod, it took me six months before I let any coworkers hear it. Um, and now, oh, you on, told them? I, I, I now I put it on LinkedIn because um, it serves two purposes. So there's one purpose of like I want people like us to have an avenue to if you're trying to either get into marketing or if you're in marketing, yeah. to just be able to like feel like you're not listening, you're not listen, listening to work. Yeah. Like you're just having a, a real conversation in, in the way we talk and and transition in. The other side is people who do not talk or look like us have their, uh, uh, they can actually be a part of the conversation. They yeah. can actually, like, pull the curtain back. And I think what we'll be surprised at is, like, how much great intent people have. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people who want to be a part of the conversation, want to truly understand, want to truly know, but just aren't 
in those places or don't right. have those friends, et cetera. And, like the intent is just so good. Mm-hmm. It's just they don't have that avenue. And, and I think people have appreciated, people who do engage with it at work mm-hmm. appreciate that aspect. And then people who don't want to, honestly, they're not going to spend time listening to a 45-minute podcast. Right, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> and you know what? I think sometimes in my head, I think things are more complicated than they are. Yes. You know, like I've built up this whole thing and I'm like coming to the point well, I'm like, I didn't have to do any of that. Yep, and it's not by <laughs> well, it's not by accidents because we've had so many experiences that yeah. have trained us that way. Yeah, but, but that doesn't make those experiences right. Right. <laughs> so, right. so at a certain point, like I think we have to have our self value and kind of break through it. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's it was it was definitely scary for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, and then the uh, trainer's vault. Um, so started a startup uh, with a friend of mine from Jackson. Uh, called Trainers Vault, focus on fitness influencers. Okay. Um, we've done really well. We've, we've, we've raised in the millions and we've run revenue in the millions. Um, we actually just came back from Singapore earlier this year and raised some money over there. Um, he's taught me a lot. My partner's taught me a lot on raising money and I brought a lot um, from the of marketing all, aspect. First of all, let me just ask you, this might be something people are not interested in, yeah. but I'm interested in it. How are you working a full-time job? DJing on the side and starting a startup just because I feel like we have somewhat similar lives. I'm just trying yeah. to figure out how you're doing it and like how you're still functional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, how are you taking off to be on the other side of the world yeah. to like present the startup? <laughs> and, um, I, I, like I said, I fill a lot of my empty time. Um, when I'm on the phone, I'm typically like taking care of my emails and stuff at work. Yeah. Um, so I, I blend what I do all together a lot. Yeah. So if I'm, I can be at the bar and be responding to emails. I yeah. can be still on the couch with my fiance and. That's what I was gonna ask you. So you're gonna be getting married. Yeah. How is that gonna work? I will say how things work for me and my husband. And part of the reason why I was attracted to him is because he was equally busy as me. Yeah. So before him and I was dating, people would be like, "Well, can we hang out?" I'm like, "No, I gotta study or I gotta work." And I'm like, being that you're asking me this, and I'm telling you I can't make sure you like I don't want to even want to date you yeah so it's like you're going into marriage like how are you gonna balance these things because even right now me and my husband is still identical lives we're very both of us are busy yeah so you know we've been together for almost seven years now we've been living together for almost four so she she's aware of what she's getting herself into um at the same time i think there's an aspect of she appreciate me having something else to focus on too i think new york is a draining city. Yeah. So no matter what you do, when she goes to work and she comes back drained, and she can appreciate, well, I'm about to go DJ or I'm yeah. about to go podcast. Um, yeah. And then every now and then, I'm sure it gets on her nerves too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, I'm trying to undo a lot of stuff. It only took us having a child. It took us having a child to get to that point. Mm-hmm. So once she came, interestingly, I was super duper ambitious. But when she came, I'm like, okay, now I gotta undo all of this busyness yeah. now. But I'm still really busy though still. Well, well my whole <laughs> my entire people ask like well, what do you want career wise my whole mm-hmm. goal is to have one life I do feel like I have many lives right now yeah but the reason I have many lives is because I wasn't getting fulfilled in one area I agree with so that. yeah instead of looking going to work nine to five and saying like hey why don't you guys give me this? Why don't you guys give me this? Yeah. Let me go out here and do it on my own time, on my and own And listen, time. people do not understand that. Mm-hmm. Your job is miserable if you're putting everything into your job. If you're expecting the pay to come from it, if you're expecting them to fulfill you in a way, if, they're, if you're expecting them to realize yeah. how smart and creative you are and all the talents you have, your job will be miserable. Those are, those are people, and you can't put your entire yeah. life and your goals into somebody else. Right. My... My fiance has said this, and I think it's one of the smartest things she ever told me was she doesn't try to look for her passion in her work anymore. Because yeah. if she 
she says if she looks for a passion in her work, then she her work will become her life, and she doesn't want work to be her life. Yeah. Am, am I, I wish I would have talked to her like <laughs> yeah, ages ago. I know, right? <laughs> so. Well, I was beyond it. And her her work, I mean, she's in education, so her work is much more important than mine. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but she's still, she's like, no, you can't have all of your 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 eggs in this. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So usually I like to ask transplants for like advice or recommendations in Jackson. Like you're coming from a different aspect. You do come here often yep. enough, I feel like, to be plugged. So, I don't know. Do you have anything for the newcomers in Jackson? Sure. I got, <laughs> so, my thing when I come home is eating. So, okay. and I eat at the same places. Um, so, I have to have a Stamps Burger. Okay. And we're close by, so I'm going to have one on the way home yeah. when, I, when, I, when I leave here. Yeah. Um, I really like, and maybe it's not like big, sexy places, but I really love Nuke Salad and McAllister's Spuds. I okay. worked at McAllister's growing up. So I have to have those when I come yeah. home. Um, <laughs> you can't always, depending on where you're transplanting from, you can't always find a Zaxby's. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you like Zaxby's? I love Zaxby's. Okay. <laughs> I love Zaxby's. I love Zaxby's over, what's the other one? The dry Kings? one? Yeah. Yeah. People are, love Kings, and I'm like, and they're like, oh, the cane sauce. I'm like, but you need the sauce. That's why Zaxby's is better than Kings. Yeah. The only thing about Zaxby's is I find, like, the this, this stores aren't consistent. So you'll definitely find, like, a trash one. I like the one in North Jackson. That's my That's one. your favorite That's one? My yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. When so, they're good, it's great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I eat a ton. Uh, they just closed, I think they closed down, um, what was the name of the place? It started with a K. We had a big uh, potatoes that were kind of wedges. Keister's or, you know what I'm talking about? Mm -mm. I don't worry about it. It's over by the hospital. It's not Kiefer's, huh? Kiefer's, that's what I'm talking about. Did they close it? No, there's one, they might have relocated, probably, but there's one next to the, remember I was telling you, it's not, by the Bell, yeah, it's Keepers. Yeah, it's Keepers. Yeah, over there by the, by the hospital, by, by yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're just in another location. I they believe. moved it. Okay, yeah. Okay. They're like on the other side. The yeah. Right. So they're on the other side of it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Glad I came to this yeah. podcast today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I love it. I love eating. I just like connect with people when I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. Have you heard of Godfrey's? No, I haven't. So, like, it's a Jamaican. I feel like it's a mix between Jamaican, like, southern food. Huh. You have to try that place. It's fire? Yeah. It's really good. I don't so. know many Jamaican spots. I know. Home. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but he's like, he's a chef from Jamaica, though. Ah. Yeah. So you have to try that. I'll try it out. Yeah. Two, two things. We have plenty of Jamaican food in New York. Two things that we can't get, uh, we can't nail down. One is Mexican food. Okay. Mexican food is trash in New York. It is it is just really, really bad. That's surprising. But yeah. it's probably not many Mexicans. Yeah, it's I, probably mostly like exactly. Dominicans, Puerto Ricans. Exactly, okay. exactly. Mexicans just say we're gonna So do you like the Mexican weather. food here more? Oh yeah. Tex Mex wise, okay. much, much better here. Much, much better here. Um and then I said, like, I, I don't go to New York for soul food. Like yeah. it, they're, they're, <laughs> it's there. Yeah. But you can't because I can't even the grocery stores don't even sell it. Like, I can't yeah. buy collard greens. Yeah. Like, if, if we want to make some collard greens, I have to go up to Harlem in order to get it, and that's like a 45-minute yeah. hour train ride, which I'm just like, oh, okay, I'll just eat kale. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's how I do. But, yeah, but I'm going to try this Jamaican uh, soul food, though. Yeah. It's really, it's, where is it? It's, what is it, on Terra It's almost like Terra 55. What's the name of that plaza over there? We're gonna look it up for you and make sure you. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna make sure you get to Tarot. it. Tarot. 
Yeah. And they want to sponsor the podcast. I think we probably have. Some, I think some. they should. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. I think that's open spots. But yeah, I, I was told they had the best greens in the city. So like, disclaimer, I'm very new to greens. I've only been eating greens for like the last few months. Oh my goodness. I'm not a soul food person. I'm a seafood person. Uh, so okay. I just started eating it and then I'm embarrassed to say, but not really. But so I used to work at a township in Ridgeland and there's a French restaurant behind that building. I used to go to Anju to mm. get like greens and they're like, you're eating greens at a French restaurant. Oh no, so, <laughs> so, so if you're starting greens, you got to start it right. It always has to have cornbread in it and you have to eat it with your hands. In it? Yes. I've had cornbread no. with it, but not in it. In it. it not like cooked in it, like next to it, but then you got to crumble it up and put it on top oh of it, no, eat it at the same that's time. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's the way me. you got to eat it. And, <laughs> and with your hands. I remember the first time I brought a, not the first time, but I brought a girl to my house when I was like in high school and we had some greens and I was eating with a fork and my mom looked at me and said, oh, you fancy now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm new. I'm new to it. And then someone was like, well, okay, so you've had greens there. Now you have to get to the period. Pig ear sandwich, and I was like, oh, absolutely no. not. They're, they're being OD. It. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're just they're pushing just, it. They're just jumping. <laughs> so, do you have any other advice for these? Um, Red apple in. Uh, what are you I, eating there? Get a smoked sandwich. Well, on, on that's great for them, but not for me. Oh, not for you? Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> Smoked sandwich. So basically what it is, it's the inside of a red rose sausage Okay. Um, cooked up. Um, yeah, I'm just, I, I promise you guys I'm not 500 pounds, but <laughs> I, I sound <laughs> like it right now. Um, but yeah, I just love eating when I get here. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. what I do. And going to the Alamo, people don't realize how cheap, like, our fashion is in Mississippi. Yeah. Like, I live in New York, but everything is half the price. I always hit, like, the coach outlet or something. Yeah. I was going to ask you, like, are you, like, like one of the trendy New Yorkers? Or like I wear the exact same thing okay. every day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is, this is a, as, as mixed, mixed up as what I have yeah. on right now. But I wear, I've bought the exact same pair of black diesel jeans for the last yeah. 10 years. I wear uh, either a black T-shirt, a black sweater, or a black hoodie. Yeah. And I have about 10 different kinds of each one. Yeah. Do you feel like, does it make a difference? Because I will say the good thing about being out here versus in New Orleans, every single event, every single holiday, I had to have a new outfit. I had to have my hair done. I had to have my nails done. I feel good that I don't have to do that hair or wear, like, a ton of makeup every time. And I can repeat stuff, and it's fine. Yeah. So I'm wondering, like, so they don't care. I just swap out the sneakers. I do, I do new sneakers all the time. I even wear the same thing to work. I just, my black hoodie turns to a black sweater at yeah. work. Uh, and literally, it'll be a, a new black sweater the next day. Mm -hmm. um, and they're, I mean, it's all fashionable. Like, I can walk up to the front of a club and a bouncer can look at me and, and know I'm supposed to be inside. Okay. But, it, but it's definitely going to be the same thing next week when that bouncer sees me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, all right. Where can people keep abreast of you? You can yeah. list everything you do, but I am also going to give put in the show notes as well. But you awesome. can just like list everything. So Instagram is uh, DJ White Mike. Pretty easy. Um, so the podcast, you can find it wherever you find podcasts. So Apple, Spotify, etc. Uh, mm -hmm. Someone would be offended. It's the, the cool laid back culture one. And Marketing Misfits is uh, the marketing one. Um, 
and that's it, man. LinkedIn, Mike Summers. So I do have, I'm a real person too. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mike Summers on LinkedIn. But um, but yeah, we just had our one year anniversary for both of the podcasts too. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. So you launched both of them at the same time? About a, a month away from okay. each other. Yeah. So I launched the Culture Podcast and basically one of my other friends was jealous. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I, I kind of want to do a marketing one if you want to do a marketing one. So yeah. he was like, yeah. So we, we pulled the crew together. Yeah. Okay. Um. But the tough part about about New York, maybe similar to, to Jackson, I've heard from you, you guys' episodes, are people people leave so much. Yeah. So people love New York when they're there, but then everybody wants to move to L.A. Um, so I think the weather is beautiful in L.A. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry to say, like um, people get tired of being poor in New York. Yeah, but I mean, but it's expensive in L.A. too. Like, yeah. so is it more affordable if you're coming from New York? It's still expensive in L.A., but you actually you actually can feel rich. <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> you can actually it's like most people are fake or something. Well, no, you, well, everybody is faking it. Yeah, there's also like you're spending a lot of money, but your house actually looks nicer. Yeah, um, you know, you there's actually more room. I will say, yeah, that. every time I visit my cousin, even like their apartment, their house, I'm like, this is more spacious than it, I thought it would be. Yep. <laughs> you, have, you have a more spacious place. You actually have a car. Yeah. You feel like a real person versus in New York, you always feel like this intern. <laughs> no matter how well you do, you're like, why am I still, why am I still poor? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like I've worked hard in life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so people people get over the grit. Yeah. It, it, it's, we're definitely, I describe New York as uh, the, the craps table, and sometimes you got to know when to cash out and get yeah, up. But you're, yeah. you're hazing yourself being there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you guys can follow me at Jackson Transplant. So on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, spell GXN. Um, shout out to 242 Creative for recording us and putting up with me as usual in Small World Studio for the music. You can email me at jacksontransplants at gmail.com. I only accept compliments, no constructive criticism or insults. I'm not doing it. <laughs> this is free. <laughs> and I will talk to you haters next week. Bye.